This is Live Well Talk on medicine, color, culture, and equity. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at St. Luke's Hospital. Today's podcast is another installment in our mini-series where we discuss topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Returning to the podcast today is Dr. Neeti Sharma, Medical Director at Union Point Clinic Wounded Hyperbaric Center. She's also a member of the medical staff and cares for patients on the hospitalist service. Uh, and I, I'd like to share her journey on becoming a doctor and discuss women in medicine. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again, Dr. Arnold. Now, you know, we've done this uh, color, culture, and equity uh, and, and addressed uh, racial disparities. We've addressed the disparity of uh, men of color wearing white coats and what that challenges have. Um, but an, another challenge, I think, this is, and this is not to be misogynistic, but I think being a woman and being a doctor is really hard uh, because I don't know about your household. I guess I know your husband very well, so I probably know the answer to this. But mom is never off duty. You know, kids get sick. The first thing they say is mom. They never say dad. Now, when they're teenagers and they want money, they will go to their dad first. But um, so the mom is never off duty. So I, and I know you have two beautiful children. Uh, so can you share the story of how you became a doctor and some of the challenges you faced as being a, a, a woman as well as a mother? Yes, yes, absolutely. But thank you for doing this series, Dr. Arnold. I'm, I'm really glad that more and more organizations are recognizing uh, this and addressing this. And, you know, I'm lucky to be a part of Unity Point where, um, you know, uh, they've always um, looked at the female physicians and given chances and opportunities. But, but yes, uh, it is, as you said, difficult for women in physician in general. Um, for me, um, I'm from a small town in India, but I was lucky to have both my parents as physicians. So, you know, I was um, exposed to this profession at a very young age. We used to have our first floor um, was the mini hospital that my parents ran, and the second floor was where we lived. So it was basically a part of our lives. But then my own interest in biology and human body, which till date doesn't stop to amaze me, um, was the main push where when I entered into this field. Um, also, the patient satisfaction that you get from it, I was seeing my parents get that, and that was a big push for me to get into it. We all have challenges as physicians, um, you know, you yourself, you know, and every all other physicians. And similarly, um, I did my part of the my share of the hard work that I did. Um, my um, story about challenges about becoming uh, becoming a physician in America coming from India, it actually relates to lots and lots of immigrant doctors um, who face similar situations. Um, coming from India, doing my medical, basic medical school training in India, and then coming here and learning not just the content of medicine, uh, but the, the way to practice medicine, which is completely different, which is beautiful here, wonderful, but it's different. It's something that was the first challenge for me to learn um, how, to, how to modify that practice ways um, and, and do it the way it's done here. Um, not just that, actually understanding the community and getting in uh, and, and knowing what's important for people here, understanding history, getting like what are the super, who are the superstars, what movies are common here, what sports people are into, 
you know, leaving behind the cricket and getting into football. It's although it's not exactly medicine, but you can't leave these things behind. Uh, you you still have to understand the community, the culture, and I think that's the best way to practice medicine. That's how you know your people, you you know your patients, and you make a connection. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you know something from very basic from driving uh, over there is so much different than driving over here. But uh, all of that, and then see um, community culture, and then you know language. English is our second language. All our education was done in English, but the British, it, what's prevalent in India is more of a British English. And here the accent was different. So to understand that, to get used to that, and then making sure the people who I'm talking to, my patients are understanding what I'm saying, um, that's a little bit of challenge. I still hear people, uh, people, some patients coming back and saying that we really couldn't understand this. We really couldn't understand that doctor who had this accent. So. Um, and little things, but they get challenging when it's happening every day. There, there are visa technicalities, uh, which uh, lots and lots of immigrants go through, and um, it, it poses a barrier in a lot of our um, different stages of our lives. It's just hard to make good progress with the technicalities still there. Even like traveling back to my country, yeah. uh, going back there and then coming back, even being like legal immigrants, working hard. It's still it's still there is a little bit of uncertainty. Like, are we going to get back here on time? Are there going to be any problems? You know, uh, will everything go OK? Will I get my visa thing done on time? So all these problems just get together and they become a one big challenge. Um, I'm always, I'm lucky to have my in-laws stay with us and help us out, but families who are working, you know, if husband and wife both are working or physicians, to get that support that, you know, the, the family support is not there. And in fact, right now, see with COVID, my family is in India to just stay here and just worry about them not being able to like, even meet with them being, you know, that lot of people didn't with COVID, but just being so far just across the earth on the other side, that, that, that's just another challenge that we face. So we have to work hard to build that first connection with the patient. And, um, and also many times um, we, uh, I hear these questions, where are you from? What country, are, where's your origin? What country are you from? What, what's your mother tongue? What's your language, actually? What's your religion? And I understand most of these questions come out of curiosity, uh, but sometimes they can make people feel differently. And, and Dr. Arnold, despite all of this, um, I, we never question, I never questioned myself to be a physician practicing in U.S. You know, that was my dream, and here I am. And I, I would just say, you know, we have different skin colors, different cultures, different backgrounds, different accents, but really we're all working on the same purpose, um, uh, working on uh, improving the health of our society or, or people. Um, so as long as the society is welcoming, um, we keep giving our best. You know, it's uh, two things to follow up to your commentary is one, the visa system does not take in consideration, in my opinion, at all the, the value that physicians from other countries bring to our communities. Um, that, that has been an eye-opening experience, that uncertainty you talk about. I mean, I don't. I'm an American citizen. I work in the same hospital I was born in. You know, so I never have that uncertainty. And 
uh, you know, having ran the hospitals program and all the friends I've made over my 25 years, I've had physicians that just, you know, really get jerked around by the visa system. And it, it's just not fair on several levels. The next is that it's a, it's totally a Midwestern thing that, you know, if you go in and introduce yourself as Dr. Sharma, people, particularly the agriculture and the older uh, people around here, it, particularly in Eastern Iowa, but they'll, they'll say to you, do you know Dr. Sharma from Minneapolis? You know, they, <laughs> they, they want to connect with you. And once they connect with you, then, okay, the, it, she knows so-and-so, and, -so, and uh, therefore, now we're connected. It is totally a Midwestern thing. And sometimes people are taken back by it. Like, why would I know uh, this? Just because my last name Sharma doesn't mean I, I know that doctor. And I did it one time to, uh, I had a friend that I, when I worked in research, whose last name was Patel. So then I was meeting this other doctor. I said, oh, do you know so-and-so uh, Patel? And, you know, I come to find out that Patel's much like Smith yeah. uh, in yeah, India, exactly. that there's, you know, and so, so I've even done it myself. I think it's kind of funny. But tell me about being a mom and being a doctor. How, what are the challenges you experience from there? Because like I said, mom is never off duty. Dads get off duty. Moms never go. <laughs> uh, yes, that's, that's true. And um, there are many different challenges uh, that come along with that. Um, first of all, just the thought of um, being a mom and being pregnant and caring um, that during your initial career, like during the residency and then as I started working, um, it's a challenge in itself because sometimes it's perceived as, or maybe some women perceive it, that it can be a threat to their career. Um, so sometimes women end up delaying their pregnancies, which is which is not good because there's so many years of training and schooling already. And then you get to the stage where you're starting your um, to work as a physician and then you're scared that it's going to affect um, how, first of all, you won't have enough time to care for your baby. And then secondly, how you will be perceived at workplace um, if you're taking time off. Um, that's one thing. Then, yes, uh, constantly, you know, every morning, um, uh, having to think about what what we are packing for lunch and um, what are who's going to pick up kids, um, who's going to drop them to school. Oh, it's a day off today. Now, who's m more responsible to take a day off with them? Um, so it's 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 a constant struggle. Um, bringing up kids is not easy for anybody, but uh, I've realized that being a working mom and a physician mom. Uh, if I didn't have all the support that I have, which I'm lucky with my husband, my in-laws. And my neighbors, to tell you the truth, when my in-laws are not there, I rely on my neighbors a lot. And and that's Iowa that as a community and neighborhood has given me a lot and a lot. So, um, yes, um, it's it's hard. There's always a guilt, um, the mom guilt. You know, you go into leadership roles and you go into um, get immersed into your profession. And then you have a guilt that uh, I'm not doing enough for my kids. That's always there. Well, I happen to know that you're a wonderful mother and you have beautiful children. Thank you. Two, two, two beautiful dogs now, right? You guys I, have two puppies, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I have two fur babies. Yes, two dogs. Yes. You know, one, one of the, I don't know, the darker side of medicine, perhaps, or, or patient care is particularly foreign uh, physicians. But I've had to intervene where, you know, the patient says, well, I don't want a foreigner to take care of me. And that happens. It does not happen very often, um, but it does happen. And usually when I intervene, I like 
you know, you got to be crazy. This doctor is one of the best doctors that I know and very well trained. And it's really from uh, bigotry, I think. Uh, I've never, never had a patient that was discerning do that. You know, they're, uh, but it is disappointing. Have you ever had that experience where patients are like, well, I can't see you. I'm a foreigner. You're a foreigner. Um, I've had my nurses alert me that um, just be um, prepared going in the room. Um, I've had some patients, um, you know, show me the dislike. Um, but ultimately, going back to forming that connection, and I think if uh, when we are seeing them first time, it is definitely challenging. But if you find a little bit of commonality, and um, if we try to work around what what really the patient's culture is and background is, and and ignore some of that initial, which is tough, uh, which can sometimes just get to you right there, but ignore first of the initial um, thing, uh, I, I think you can still manage to build a good relationship. Uh, you know, um, the listeners should know that all patients love Dr. Sharma. <laughs> right. they, they all. That, that must not be true. But <laughs> no, that is true. Should all be as loved as Dr. Sharma. But in regards to, yeah, our world's a little bit different. Uh, we're both hospitalists. And so it's, you get your salary and you work your hours and your shifts and that, but you know they do see a discrepancy in uh, payment uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, earning between men and women. Uh, and I know healthcare is one of those. And, you know, I've always kind of felt it's kind of the like you said, it's part of the you take that time off, you take your maternity leave, and that that can impair your uh, your ability to move along in the system. But 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 it does happen. What are some of your thoughts on why? Uh, there may be these discrepancies in earnings between physicians, male physicians, female physicians. Well, um, I think um, I'll, I'll start with this. Uh, there, there, is, there are a lot of capable women. There's no shortage of capable women um, workforce um, in medicine. Uh, lot, there's actually increasing um, and better number of women, uh, female representation in the medical schools and the training programs. But then. But then the uh, women don't go to the higher stages, the, the high profile ranks, um, the higher academic uh, places. They, you know, there's less women who become uh, the deans or the department heads and um, very less women who become CEOs and COOs. So that will um, impact the salary, that will impact the payment and all. And definitely women end up, as physicians, um, women end up taking more time off their work. Um, if, if they're completely immersed into their work and not taking a time off, they're sometimes perceived or they can be perceived as neglecting their families, which most of the women with families and children um, cannot take that. So you know, they, they end up taking more time for, um, for kids if they have um, sick kid. Uh, usually, it's the the mom taking off time off and um, women taking time off. Um, again, the pregnancies and um, childcare after that um, definitely affects that too. And and beyond all of that, there are still um, 
there there are discrepancies there between the um, between men and women um, in relation to the pay in general. Yeah, it's uh, it to me it's mind boggling because we've always had it uh, women on the medical staff that have contributed. It's uh, disappointing on some levels actually. Uh, just St. Luke's, I had them look this up for me today. We have uh, 218 female physicians to 197 male physicians on the medical staff. And then if you add in ARMPs and PAs, uh, so obviously ARMPs are predominantly women, but a total of 311 female clinicians and 215 male clinicians. So it's, it's quite a, a gap there when you add in the, the uh, allied health providers, um, but uh, a gap that we're obviously proud of because they get the job done on a regular basis. Uh, well, Dr. Sharma, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and I want to thank you for joining and sharing your story today. You're a wonderful physician and, and a good friend. Again, this is uh, Dr. Sharma, Medical Director at Unipoint Wound and Hyperbaric Center. Be sure to join us again next month for the next installment of our mini-series, Medicine, Color, Culture, and Equity. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.